Welcome to the Art of Faith podcast. I'm Joshua Kapczynski. Art of Faith podcast is a production of Granite Creek Studios. In today's podcast, I want to talk about the art of spiritual warfare in 2023. In the Western world, we don't necessarily consider the spiritual realm as often as other cultures or other countries do. We have a very Western mindset. And even inside of the church, it is very, it's, it's based on reason and rationality. And so many times, even as believers, we try to reason out the supernatural or we try to discount it that, um, that there are not good and evil forces. Of course, if you're a Christian, you believe that there's a God, you believe that there's a, um, you know, in an eternal life. And so that's definitely an easy one to get. Probably one that a lot of people struggle with is actually the reality of a devil at the same time. Uh, of course, you know, in Christian faith and Christian belief, we understand, you know, the concept of, you know, this, the snake that tempted Adam and Eve, you know, that was, that was Satan. That was the serpent of old and he gets revealed in the new Testament. And then he has a showdown with Jesus in the desert. And then eventually, uh, sin and death is defeated on the cross and sin no longer has a hold on us. But the Satan is the, the instrument of that, that problem of, of pain, the problem of sin. In the contemporary modern culture again it's just hard for us to recognize what is spiritual and what is just natural like what's like behind the scenes behind the curtain what what strings are being pulled from either demonic forces or angelic forces and versus you know maybe you're just having a bad day um you know, how do you know if the enemy is trying to undermine everything you're doing in your life or if life is just hard? And so those are some very difficult questions that, that every believer has to, to struggle with and to wrestle with. In the context of ministry and being a, a pastor, um, I obviously have to struggle and deal with, with spiritual warfare. And then even in ministering with people and walking them through certain difficulties in their life uh some people will they will have a tendency either to completely dismiss any supernatural element in their life uh or they hyper spiritualize everything now i know that that seems to be you know two extremes but i don't know we tend to we tend to live in the extremes normally. Rarely does somebody find balance in in the life. I think that's actually probably what the Christian life is the the um, the gospel life is to live a life of balance and growth and character and maturity and uh, and, and spiritual health at the same time. So, what do I mean that uh, some people have a tendency to over spiritualize in in ministry life, I have seen people blame absolutely everything that goes wrong in their life on the devil, on on demons. Uh, there's like a, you know, there's a monster hiding behind every bush, and if anything ever goes wrong, if you get a flat tire on the freeway, it's spiritual warfare. If you get into an argument with your spouse, it's spiritual warfare. You know, there's there's demons after you. If you um, 
You know, if your boss gives you a hard time, it's spiritual warfare. And so uh, I've seen a lot of people over-spiritualize their problems over the years. And it's very difficult to try to explain to somebody, uh, yeah, at, in your work environment, you're not dealing with spiritual warfare. You're just not doing your job well and your boss is getting on your case. No one likes to hear that kind of feedback, but sometimes that's the case. Uh, in your marriage, you know, I had sometimes I have to explain to somebody, uh, this isn't spiritual warfare. Uh, you guys just need to learn how to be nice to one another. This is this isn't a uh, uh, a one way argument. Like there's problems on both sides, and so you know, speaking life and 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 character into those situations is is important. Uh, not allowing people to use the devil as their scapegoat because they're not. Um, paying attention to their own character development. So I hopefully you can see the difference. You know, again, there's some people that just dismiss spiritual things altogether. There's other people that will blame everything on, on either a demon or an angel. So, you know, another great, <laughs> I don't know, I'm, I'm guilty of this one. Another great example is like if you're praying for a parking spot, if you've ever prayed for a parking spot and then one just miraculously opens up and you, you get that parking spot and you think that an angel did it for you. I know maybe, or maybe it was just dumb luck. And so I think that there is, that it is unhealthy to over-spiritualize our problems at the same time. It's unhealthy to dismiss the power of the spiritual realm in everyday life. So um, why do I want to talk about it right now? This year, 2023, this whole, the, the past uh, three to four years, has been very strange uh, in in ministry life and a faith walk. Um, like we're just dealing with stuff that we've never dealt with before. And as a spiritual leader of a community church, I would say that, and I've been in ministry, I've been in formal ministry for 22 years. Uh, I've been leading the church for eight or nine years now. and I grew up in a pastor's house. So spiritual warfare has always been on my radar, and I've been able to witness things that are definitely spiritual warfare. I've been able to witness things that are definitely uh, breakthroughs uh, via the Holy Spirit. So I've seen a lot. Um, In the past couple years, in the area of spiritual warfare, I have never seen the enemy of God ramp up uh, more than he has now, and nor have I have been uh, waging war in the spirit now, now the past couple of years than I ever have before. And so I guess what I'm saying is that there is, like everything else that we do in this podcast, there is an art to spiritual warfare. And one of the main thoughts I want to plant in your head right now as I continue to flesh things out is that you know, when I say that there is an art to spiritual warfare, uh, you can't you can't go to you can't take a class, you can't follow a method, you can't it's fluid. Spiritual warfare is a fluid thing. Uh, there's there's a there's a strategy that the enemy has, there's a strategy that you and I and God has, and we need to make sure that we're playing all of those strategies uh, 
to to the the best of our abilities. What worked five years ago in the area of spiritual warfare, when I say what works, like what we would focus on, what we want to, what we think that would make an impact and a difference, I don't think it necessarily applies today. So what do I, what do I mean by that? So how do we actually do spiritual warfare? Uh, and there's a biblical way, but then there's also ministry models that we use to try to apply the Word of God. And not saying that ministry models and classes and seminars and all these things, they're not wrong. They're just, uh, they're just the, the means that we deliver the gospel message. Those means change. For example, um, we no longer use the organ for worship music. Like that vehicle is done unless it comes back and it's cool again. But right now, you know, the organ is done. We don't do that. We don't do stained glass windows anymore. We we do other we do lasers and haze machines in church these days. That's probably done now too. So there's the message is sacred. The way that we conduct ourselves in spiritual warfare is 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 the same, uh, but sometimes the program changes up, and also what changes is how the enemy will come at us and and attack us he changes up his strategy and we have to kind of in essence be on our toes because let me see if i can give a practical example we have to be on our toes and pivot whenever the enemy is doing something that we didn't expect so here's here's one of the ideas that i i want to again i want to plant and, and I want you to think about this, and I want you to grasp it and remember it. Spiritual warfare doesn't feel spiritual more than half the time. So spiritual warfare feels like everyday life that's kind of gone wrong. Now, again, I just started off saying you don't want to blame everything on the devil. But most of the time, when the enemy of God comes in and either frustrates us he does it in a natural setting like a large majority of the time spiritual warfare doesn't feel spiritual meaning that yeah as a married you know if you're a married couple like you need to communicate well you need to get your act together you need to you need to take responsibility for your behaviors and you need to not be so self-centered and selfish i mean you just you know you need to remind yourself that you're one flesh and that you're on the same team so like those are healthy attitudes and healthy behaviors in order to have a healthy marriage now there are times even in the best of marriages the enemy of god will come in and he'll try and frustrate and and discourage your relationship in the home. He does this by um, by planting seeds of doubt, by planting seeds of anger, by planting seeds of confusion and of division and of fear. And so, the the unfortunate truth is that you have you have spiritual forces of evil that have been assigned specifically to you and your family to discourage, dissuade, to embitter, to enrage, uh, to tear down, to tempt. And so that's that's a 
that's a, a sobering thought to think about when you re, when you come to the truth that the enemy of God has assigned demonic forces to disrupt your family. I, again, nobody wants nobody wants to hear that kind of stuff, but it, it's true. Specifically, if you are a sanctified believer, if you believe that um, if you've given your life to Jesus, if you've uh, surrendered uh, your life to Him, you believe in his death and resurrection. He is the Lord of your life. I mean, as soon as you stepped across that line of faith, uh, you quit being at war with God, and, and then you started becoming at war with the enemy. And so it's on. And the, the enemy of God doesn't want you to be successful in your faith walk. And so, like, time and time again, I've seen people get frustrated you know they're they're taking a walk and a leap of faith and they're believing God for stuff and they're ended up dealing with some of the the silliest things that just doesn't make make sense their life is is not exactly what they anticipated it to be when they became a christian they're fighting fights that they've never fought before um and that again it 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 comes down to spiritual warfare now um I need to address the issue as to why there's spiritual warfare for believers and for Christians. Um, one, if we're covered by the blood of Jesus Christ, and if we're submitted to him, if we're in his word, if we're in prayer, if we're, if we're Sabbathing, if, we're, if we haven't forsaken the gathering, there's a special covering, there's a special anointing, there's a there is a God-given protection that comes with the Christian lifestyle. I'm in a series on the biography of Moses right now, and this Sunday I will be uh, preaching on the Passover. Um, like there was, there was a judgment that was coming upon the Israelites and even God's people if they did not put the blood of the lamb over the doorposts and and you know if you don't know the story listen to my message because i'm going to frame out the connection between uh the the lamb that was whose the blood was um, painted over the doorpost for the protection of the israelites in, in comparison to jesus as the spotless lamb whose love now whose blood now covers us so uh if you don't understand that concept uh, watch the the biography of Moses, and I believe my title will be "God Protects uh, Families from Death" or something extreme like that. So, when the blood of Jesus Christ is over us, over our homes, um, we get to partake in a spiritual form of Passover, and the definition of Passover is protection. And we need to have a spiritual bubble of protection over our individual selves and over our families now more than ever because, again, like I said, the spiritual warfare side of things are amping up considerably. And so if you've, if you've got that blood on your home, uh, the blood of Jesus Christ on your home, you have insulated it. Uh, from what the enemy of God really wants to do. The enemy of God wants to kill, steal, and destroy because he's a violent 
God. Devil's a violent God. Lowercase G. He's not a God God. He is a uh, he is a power. He's a principality. He has he has divine power, um, but he is not God God. He he is a he is a usurper. He is a liar. Uh, he is a he is an open rebellion. He is denied his gifts. Okay, um, so we have a promise that we have been protected from death by the blood of 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 the cross. We have a we have we can claim spiritual protection over what the enemy really wants to do. What the enemy really wants to do is he just wants to kill us. Like that's his ultimate goal is to kill, steal, and destroy. So he wants to kill us. But again, just like uh, when the Israelites were were protected from the death angel, they put the blood. So if you put the blood over your home and over your mind and over your family, uh, over your soul, if you're pleading the blood of Jesus Christ, then the enemy of God cannot touch you. Like that is a that's a definite promise. He can't he can't harm he can't harm you in any way. So you have to plead the blood of Jesus. Now, he does not, the enemy of God does not have the authority or the right to overstep his bounds and to kill when there's the blood of Jesus Christ. But for lack of a better term, the deal that God does make with with Satan and his, his minions is that they do have the right to tempt. So you can't be hurt, but you can be tempted. And temptation doesn't always feel spiritual. So, you know, a demon is not going to manifest in, 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 you know, in your workplace and offer to do a line of coke with you. That's not going to be the level of temptation. It's not going to feel spiritual. Temptation doesn't feel spiritual. Temptation feels natural. It feels carnal. It feels like something that you would want to do. So the enemy of God has full reign and permission by God himself to tempt us on every level. And again, temptation doesn't feel spiritual. It feels natural. So uh, you're gonna you're gonna be tempted to lash out at your spouse and your kids. You're gonna be tempted to flirt with the coworker. You're gonna be tempted to think thir- certain thoughts that 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 deny God's power in your life. You're, you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna be tempted to cheat. You're gonna be tempted to steal. You're gonna be tempted to be selfish and tear other people down and diminish what the good things that other people are doing. Uh, you're going to be tempted to be petty. Uh, you're going to be tempted to be divisive. You're going to be tempted to gossip. Like these are all like things that the enemy can use. They don't feel spiritual, but the scriptures say that they are. In fact, one of the things that we're tempted as believers, one of the ways that the enemy of God gets his foothold into the church and into families and into friendships is in the area of, of gossip. Gossip is a that's a that's a tough one. Um gossip and rebellion go hand in hand. Uh, the Bible says that that rebellion is the sin of witchcraft. 
gossip has also been related to witchcraft. And I think, like, what? Like, everybody likes to gossip. Everybody likes to be in other people's business. I mean, we've got magazines that are that are basically based on gossip. And um, we have a we have a a rule or a saying at our church when it comes to gossip. If you're not a part of the problem, if you're not a part of the solution, and if you're talking about someone or something, then you're gossiping, and that's a that's a tough you know pill swallow because we all we all want to listen to the whispers and we want the inside scoop we want to be a part of something that's going down or we want to hear the dirt on someone or something and um yeah if you're not a part of that problem if you're not a part of that solution then if you're, you don't need to be listening to it you don't need to be talking about it because that my friends is temptation from a demonic spirit it's one of the easiest ways that he gets in to divide and to frustrate and to um, bring division inside of a community. So if you're having a hard time with another friend or a believer in the context of a church setting and you don't go to them directly, but you talk to somebody else about how frustrated you are behind their back and they don't even know what's going on. They're not even there to defend themselves. And you're saying how rude and disrespectful this person has been and you know, yada, yada. Like if you're, if you're doing that, then, then you're like in rebellion. Like it's just, I know that's tough. That's like harsh language, but it's serious, serious stuff. And it doesn't feel like spiritual warfare. All right, let me, I've gotten this far and I haven't gotten into any scripture yet. So let me read a few scriptures uh, on how to do spiritual warfare, uh, uh, what it is and, and the biblical perspective that we should have. Um, 2 Corinthians eleven fourteen. Satan himself masquerades as an angel of light. So once again, spiritual things don't necessarily feel spiritual. You're not going to sense, not always. I mean, unless your discernment is completely tuned in and you're tight with God, you're not always going to sense when something is coming across evil because Satan masquerades himself as an angel of light. Uh, like he'll play on the on the harp strings of justice. He'll play on you know what's right for people and people's feelings and such. So uh, Deuteronomy twenty eight seven says the Lord will grant the enemies who rise up against you. They will be defeated before you. They will come at you in one direction, but they will flee in seven. So that's the idea that the enemy of God can't hurt you when the blood of Christ is put on your house and on yourself. Okay, uh, this one's great. Uh, you know this one. Right, hopefully, well, Ephesians 6, you put on the full arm of God so that you can take your stand against the enemy's schemes. So this one, Ephesians 6, like if you if you need a visualization on how to do spiritual warfare, this is the one that you want to read, Ephesians 6. So you, you, you put on the helmet of salvation, meaning that you're protecting your mind and what you're thinking about. So your mind is set on salvation. Your mind is not set on any, anything else. You put on the, the breastplate of righteousness, meaning that you're protecting your heart by righteousness, by doing right things. 
doing the right thing is is not always the easy thing. You need to protect our hearts and doing the right thing. Um, you know the 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 gospel mess the, the the shoes of grace and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. So you know all of these things. Uh, Ephesians. 12 goes on to say for our struggle is not against flesh and blood but against the rulers against the authorities against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly realms okay so that's where we're struggling that is where the war takes place it's not against flesh and blood although it feels natural it's not but it is against the authorities the powers the rulers, spiritual forces of evil, and heavenly realms. So there's a lot of different categories there, a lot of different categories for what we would just simply call demons. And there's hierarchies of demons, and you know we, re- we can even refer to them as gods. But there's there's still the same thing. It's a matter of semantics. Um, I was listening to. I know we just wrapped up. Uh, a series on who is Jordan Peterson did the 12 rules of life. I'm going to do 12 more rules eventually, but I was watching a, a interview that he was having. Uh, he, he's coming at the book of Exodus from um, a psychological point of view. So he's Peterson doesn't care if it's true or not, because the, what we learn from it and the meaning of the scripture is more true than actual historical facts in his opinion, which is, you know, that that would probably frustrate a lot of people. He just doesn't care. He just wants to know what we can learn from the scriptures because he views the scriptures as being true, uh, whether they're historically accurate or not. He doesn't care. But what he, you know, when they're talking about the book of Exodus and they're talking about the gods of Egypt, they're talking about the ancient gods and how like there is even a full blown warfare between the gods of Egypt and Yahweh. What was interesting is that. Jordan, his other psychology friends and some thinkers and some maybe a theologian or two. Uh, there's a Jewish guy in his panel. Like they get into this big old argument about uh, what are the spiritual forces of evil and heavenly realms? Like, are there really gods and all, you know, and and so basically they, they got into this big old argument for a long time. And so basically they said it boils down to a, a matter of semantics. There is there is one true God. Uh, Yahweh or El Elyon, the God Most High, and then there is all these other strata and hierarchy of different forces of evil, uh, the rulers, the authorities, um, the principalities, if you want. So we don't know exactly what these are, and uh, well, regardless, uh, they're real, and so you know, they, they they just boil it down to a, a matter of. Um, semantics okay isaiah 54 7 no weapon forged against you will prevail and you will refute every tongue that accuses you this is the heritage of the servants of the lord and this is their vindication declares the lord i love that okay this one's this one's amazing um james is the book of james is absolutely amazing in that it deals with the concept of faith without works is dead. And we are saved by uh, by grace through faith. And so there's nothing that we can do to work to receive our salvation. But 
I don't want to say James questions it, but he definitely adds the icing on the cake because he says faith without works is dead. So if you're actually not doing anything, then you're not you're not uh, fulfilling the grace that has been given to you. So that one's a tough one. Um, but what James says is whenever we're dealing with spiritual warfare, um, this is James 4, 7. Okay, remember I said that the devil can only tempt us, he can't kill us. It says, submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. That's a powerful promise. So submit yourselves to God. So if we're in a constant state of submission to the Lord, meaning that uh, we're not falling prey to temptation, you resist the devil and he'll flee from you. He doesn't have a choice. Uh, James 4, 8, come near to God and he'll come near to you. Uh, I have this up in the church bathroom. I don't know if anybody's ever read it, but I've got the washing your hands. Uh, all employees are required to wash your hands. Maybe you've seen this in restaurants. So we have a special one here at Granite Creek, and it's this verse right here. Uh, wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. So come near to God, he'll come near to you. Luke 10, this is a quote from Jesus. I have given you authority to trample on snakes, scorpions, and to overcome the power of the enemy, and nothing will harm you. 1 Peter 5, this one's important because this is back to the armor of God. You're putting on the helmet of salvation. Uh, 1 Peter 5, 8 says, Be alert and of sober mind. So our minds have to be like the steel trap to where we, you know, where we, whenever we're tempted, we know it. Whenever a negative thought comes into our mind, we know it. We hold that thought captive. We make it obedient to Jesus. So be alert and of sober minded. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. And I believe that that spirit, that lion spirit that is roaming around looking for somebody to devour, I believe that that's taking place right now. Uh, first, Thessalonians 5, 6 says, So then let us not be like others who are asleep, but let us wake up and be sober. Uh, that's like, let us wake up and stop drinking. It's not saying that. It says we need to be aware, uh, cognizant, sp- spiritually aware of these spiritual forces of evil that are bent on hurting us. So we need to wake up. And I think that's probably where the church is these days. You know, if you hear the the great uh, the 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 crazy evangelists running around right now, they're they're all they're yelling at us to wake up. And I think there's some truth to that. I think that we need to we need to wake up. We need to we need to realize that that there's something going on that hasn't happened before, um, and we need to be aware. We need to not be caught off guard. And I think that that you know, I'll explain what I mean in a minute. Um, Romans 8.37, the preclude of Romans 8.38, uh, know that in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Okay, and then, uh, again, the same theme, 2 Corinthians, this is going to sound like the Ephesians 6 verse. Uh, For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the war as the world does. The weapons that that we fight with are not the weapons of this world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments. Let me say that again. We demolish arguments. So how many arguments have you found yourself in this week with anyone, uh, believer or non-believer, family or not? 
We just we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. So, next time you want to argue, next time you want to be divisive, um, like that attitude will set yourself up against the knowledge of God. And here we go. Take cop- captive every thought, make it obedient to Christ. Okay, that's a lot of scripture. So let me just let me just tell you what's going on in my heart and why I wanted to do the art of spiritual warfare, give you some scripture, give you some context. Again, echoing that not not everything that is spiritual feels spiritual. This the season that we find ourselves in, specifically the church, you know, I hate to be alarmist. I I'm not I don't want to to spread a spirit of fear because the spirit of fear is also an element of spiritual warfare. So uh, we're not to have a spirit of fear, but we're we're supposed to be sober and awake, and so trying to find the balance there. Um, but all of the shifts and changes in our cultures to to the extremes of the woke culture. Uh, the it's not necessarily the acceptance of LGBTQ plus, but it is the the pushing it down everyone's throat, and which is problematic for the person of faith. Um, the relativism of a belief that there is no objective moral truth that. That question is now, or that that philosophy, that line of thought that there is no moral truth, like we're beginning to see the fruits of that take place in our culture and our society. Um, so currently, we, this is uh, June the first, two thousand twenty-three, and so what's going on in the news? I'm not quite sure when you're listening to this, but what's taking place in the news right now is that there is uh, lots of drama around certain corporations and marketplace issues it is pride month uh right now and um the dodgers have found themselves in a heap of controversy because um they they invited a group of drag queen performers that dress up like nuns and they call themselves the ladies of perpetual indulgence and they just, you know, they just kind of do what drag queens do. They do some, you know, risque, gross, sexy dancing. Um, and they do it as nuns. So, like, they're nuns that strip and stuff like that, but they're guys underneath. It's, it's kind of, it's disrespectful to the Catholic faith. Uh, it's it's rude, it's crude, and it's not definitely not family-friendly. And so the Dodgers invited this group of people to perform at Dodger Stadium. Uh, that hit the fan. They disinvited them because there's a lot of people saying that that's we don't want to go there. We don't want to watch that. We're not going to bring our 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 kids to the ball the ballpark because we don't want to watch nuns do this. And and so they 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 rolled it back. Um, they uninvited them, and then it hit the fan again for the Dodgers and the and the activist groups, the gay activist groups, and so they reinvited them back. And and so now they're going to perform at the Dodger Stadium. And, you know, 
last time I checked, it's a free country. And, you know, if you want to dress up like a woman, you can dress up like a woman. I don't, you know, I don't want to watch it. Most people don't want to watch it. And I don't think it's probably appropriate or, or, or wise business wise to, to put that in a ball game doesn't fit. Um, and then you're offending your hugely Catholic Hispanic audience. So it was just a mess. Like I had a problem with that, but what I really had a problem with is that there was a spiritual element behind the curtain on this that, you know, if this was if this was 10, 15 years ago, we wouldn't have seen this. But now it's out in the open. And this is what this is kind of where I have a problem with it because uh there's a video going around of one of the nuns' performances, you know, the ladies of perpetual indulgence, where uh, you know, the drag queens are doing a pole dance on the cross on a, on a crucified Jesus. So it's, it's just gross. So they've got two half naked men, um, doing a pole dance on a cross and one of them's in a bikini and it's just like, and so there's a sexual choice thing, but what bothers me is that they've drug it into the realm of the satanic. So they're performing a satanic ritual and then they want everybody to be okay with it. And the problem that the reason why spiritual warfare is a big deal right now is because our culture and our society, they're now okay with the satanic expressions as being a part of everything else. So that's my, that's my biggest uh, issue that we're in a different, we're, we're playing a different game. Uh, similar thing just happened with Target. So uh, again, it's Pride Month. Every business, every corporations, they've got rainbows everywhere. It's Pride Month, you know. I just I went to I went to Starbucks on when did I go to Starbucks? I went to Starbucks on Sunday, and I got coffee. And it's like you know, there's rainbow stuff everywhere. But it's like, what are you gonna do? I'm gonna have some coffee. It's like I, I I'm not gonna boycott every single business that that celebrates Pride Month. I am boycotting. My wife and I are boycotting Target, not necessarily because they got the rainbow stuff up, but because they've, in, it seems intentional, but they've partnered with a satanic designer that is promoting the clothing lines at the Targets for children. And I don't know the name of the designer, but it's out there. You can Google it. But there is a the designer that that made this clothing line for the most recent Target campaign. Uh, he is a Satanist. He's an activist, and his tagline, one of his taglines, and some of his materials and some of his products is that Satan will respect your pronouns. And so he is he's bringing Satan in like and openly bringing Satan into the fray, into the fight. So yes. God doesn't respect your pronouns, but Satan does. And what probably what really pushed us over is that he's got these really cute designs of um of of the devil. So, you know, pinks and pastels and purples, and it looks like something that you'd buy your five-year-old, but it's a it's the devil. It's Baphomet, it's that goat-headed god thing. 
and it's the star and it, he just made it look cute. And then he's got these other designs and they're called uh, homophobic headrests and they're tombstones. So he's like literally promoting violence and like, I, I just can't be okay with that. So, you know, and if it was the other way around, you know, if I was promoting violence towards the LGBT community, there would, there, no one would stand for that. So that's why, that's why we're boycotting Target. And the irony is that I bought this shirt at Target last year and I like it. It's like one of my favorite shirts. So we love Target. I don't know what to do, but I just can't, I don't feel comfortable. And my wife, uh, she's the one that kind of started feeling the check from the Holy Spirit. And, you know, not that the devil's going to get us if we go into Target, but she's like, no, we need to do something. And it, it needs to, we need to take a stand on this one. And I'm like, all right, well, I'll, I'll, I, I can, I can get on board with that. So we took a stand. And then the other day she's just, you know, almost probably by habit, she's driving to Target and she needs to pick up some kale. And she's like, oh, I'm here. It's right here. I'm just close. It's convenient. I know exactly where the kale is. And so she was going to run in and then immediately she was checked by the Holy Spirit not to go in. So for us and our family, that was a decision that we feel like God has made, has called us to make. I'm not encouraging. Well, I mean, I'm a leader, so I'm not saying that you have to boycott again, every business that supports something that you're not in agreement with. I mean, if we did that, then I don't know, this would be interesting. But I am saying is, you know, if I if we can lead in such a way to where you say, okay, this is the line for us. This is one that we don't cross. And for us, it was this Target thing. I was asked the question, like, so when are you going to start going back to Target? And honestly, whenever the Holy Spirit re- releases that, I don't know what that is. Like, I don't have an answer for that. But another thing that that bothered me. Uh, about this whole situation, specifically the Dodgers and the Target thing, and it's go- there's other it's hitting the fan with other businesses too. But what bothered me is that I learned um, on Tuesday I went to a conference, a pastors' conference called Take Back California, hosted by Pastor Jack Hibbs uh, and his ministry, which I forgot the name of it be the change or something like that. So it's a, it's a political activist uh, ministry under the umbrella of his Calvary Chapel church. And uh, they invited me and thousands of other pastors to do this pastor's conference. And it was good. It was sobering. It was healthy. Um, There are some things that I probably don't agree with. There's, there was some rhetoric that I would never use, nor do I think is helpful um, or even, you know, uh, that would promote a unity of peace. So, you know, I don't have to agree with everything, but what I did appreciate was just the amount of information that they gave and facts that they gave. They just read stuff out of playbooks that they, they they weren't making stuff up it wasn't hyperbole it wasn't spin it was just the way that the things are and it just it's just interesting so um you know the these drag queen nuns are now going to be honored as heroes at 
the state capital. And so our governor is going to honor these nuns for their, you know, their heroism in standing up and fighting Dodgers. And it's just, it's just mind boggling. Um, so what I'm, what I'm saying is that we've always have had to deal with spiritual warfare at a certain level. I think what's taking place right now in the context of our culture is that the enemy of God is just fully, uh, at a comfortable spot where he can expose himself and basically just say, Hey, I'm Satan. Here I am. And everybody's going to like me. And in a way that's kind of taking place. I just got a text from a church member, uh, who's high school, uh, student, uh, sent her a meme that that's going around the high school that, 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 that their friends are sending to each other and that they, that they like, that they think is funny, that they think it, they think it's cool. And it's a, it's a pride meme and it's, it's the devil or Bathomet, that goat headed devil, uh, in drag and everybody. And then and I was like, celebrate pride month. It's, it's so freeing. It's so cool. And it's just, happens to be satanic. Now, I'm not saying that if you're gay, you're satanic. I don't want you to hear me on that. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying the devil is exposing himself and he's making himself known. So spiritual warfare is looking different now than it did before. Uh, the veil is being lifted. And I don't know what that means in the future. Um, what I what I think, I'm not saying let's say it the Lord, what I think that it means is that there will be even, even more of a polarization between believers and non-believers. And the believers, the church churches, um, their impulse is to, going to be to cloister, meaning that they're gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna tighten up, they're gonna shut their church doors. They're not going to do outreach. They're going to, there's going to be more homeschool families. They're not going to, they're going to quit being involved at PTA meetings. Uh, they're not going to want to fight that fight anymore. They're just going to throw their hands up and give up and, you know, be, uh, be like the Amish or something like that. We'll have a new form of the Amish where they'd be like, this is how we want to live our lives. These are the values that we want to hold to. And we're just going to separate ourselves completely from society. I think that that shift will take place. I think that uh, darkness is going to get darker. I think that debauchery is going to increase. And you just kind of have to choose. So I think that that's probably what's going to take place if, if the Lord does not return soon. Um, the other scenario is that the general republic, general republic, the general public, um, society's gonna say, this is too weird. Like this is too, we've gone too far. Uh, let's course correct. Like we don't need to be this woke. Like freedom is good, but this is, this has gone too far. We don't need to be this woke. And so, you know, the other thing is that society might come back to, uh, to center a little bit, but I don't think so. I think, I think the cat's out of the bag. I think the devil is playing all of his cards. He's playing them right now. He's letting us know that he is behind the curtain pulling the strings. So I think that's what's going to take place. Um, 
And so how do how do in in that context, uh, what does uh, the news strategy or what strategy should we pull from the Bible? Uh, as believers, should we cloister? Um, as believers, should we continue to try to engage the world in the marketplace and and in the school boards? Should we try to be involved and should we try and turn the tide back to godliness? Uh, I think I think the answer would be, I think the answer in spiritual warfare in this area in, in, the, in the current season is that if you're not able, if you and your family are not able to have a thick skin and to be in the world but not of the world, if you know, if you have, you know, if you've got a couple of kids and you know, like, if I send them, if I send them to school with this type of curriculum being taught, oh, and by the way. The curriculum that's being taught in school, like the stuff that you hear from the Christian right or whatever, uh, you think that they're all a bunch of fanatics and taking things to extreme. Uh, unfortunately, they're all right, like because they were just reading the stuff right out of the right out of the state handbooks. It's just it's just terrifying what's going on. Anyway, so I would say, like, if your if your kids are so susceptible to temptation if they if they would be eaten alive in that type of environment then I would say pull your kids out of school. If your kids are able to be in the world and not of the world and I'm not saying it's not going to be hard because again I'm I'm um you know I I got to pray for this family now that you know their kids are being exposed to something and they know it's wrong. They know it's icky and they don't like it. And so they're standing strong in a very difficult environment. And so I think that that's probably where we need to be personally in my own personal ministry. Like I'm not going to bash any church or, or faith group people that want to cloister, that want to homeschool. But I think you know, if there's a remnant that can be in the world and not of the world, I think that's where we need to be as long as we possibly can. Um, as long as that we are awake and sober-minded and we have the mind of Christ and that that we know that Spiritual warfare is a real thing, and it's just going to get even more intense. What I am praying for right now is that we would be, there would be an expression, um, even a larger outpouring of the Holy Spirit. In Granite Creek, we we believe that all the all the all the gifts are for today. We believe that God still moves. We believe that God still heals. We believe that God still speaks prophetically. Uh, we believe that a prayer language can take place uh, with spirit with with the, the gift of tongues. So we believe we believe all the fun stuff. And I think that we need a you know this is a lifestyle that 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 we practice. So we pray for the sick every single Sunday, and we expect them to. We expect to see them healed, and we do see people healed. Not always, but we do see people healed. And I think, I think God's going to increase signs and wonders and miracles because we're going to need them now more than ever. So, if you're a believer, um, I I want to encourage you not to be scared. I know I, I talked about a lot about the devil today. I gave you lots of things to be afraid of. But not to be scared, not to live in fear, but know that God's got promises for you that you can overcome 
the spiritual forces of evil and 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 heavenly realms. So you we can we can overcome these things. And God promises us that he will provide to us everything that we need to overcome uh the satanic attacks either on you personally or on our culture or on our church. So, um I'm going to be spending some more time on spiritual warfare and I'll have some more guests talking about it, but I think it's probably something that we need to lean into pay attention to uh, choose to be healthy in again you don't want to blame every you don't want to blame all your failures on the devil you need to take responsibility for your own stuff uh, but at the same time we can't dis- discount things that are taking place and not saying no the devil's in that like we need to call it out uh, you know, the devil is clearly in these moves I mean he's just he just made himself known and so we shouldn't be okay when the devil is saying hey I'm in this check me out I'm cool like we just shouldn't be okay with it. So, all right, there we go. There's the art of faith. Um, I want to encourage you to watch our other shows and uh, watch the sermons. And we're going to move forward. Um, if you want to take part in our wedding chapel venue uh, project that's taking place right now, you can buy a brick for your for your family to help us. Uh, continue the good work that we're doing here. If you or your family want to get married, reach on out to us. We'd love to to host you. It's going to be a great little venue. Also ask that you just pray for this project. The project's going to take place. It, I mean, it's happening. It's going to happen. So uh, financially, like we're going to build that that facility. But it doesn't mean anything if God's not in it. And so I just want to ask, you to pray for that venue that the spirit of god is there that it's moving there that it's a place of life that it's a place of healing and that the the enemy of god can't dissuade it so um got a little preachy today didn't show you any cool art but that will come later god bless you guys thanks for listening or watching to the art of faith podcast we'll see you next time